Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Friday, September 23rd, and we're talking Twitter buyout rumors. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined in the studio by Motley Fool Premium Analyst David Kretzman. David, how's it going? I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Dylan. It's nice to have you back. Originally, the show that we had planned was, you know, a few weeks ago, we did the show uh, When to Sell a Stock. That's right. And we'd talked about uh, recently public company Twilio. And we said, you know, we mentioned it, but I think it warrants a deep dive. We're going to do this follow up. And we were geared up for it. We had the notes ready this morning. Uh, we came down to your desk to talk about it a little bit. And uh, News Fairy came by and dropped off a little nugget for us. Sometimes it happens. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, I'm guessing you saw, but uh, I happen to be over in the editorial pod when someone asked me, hey, did you see the news with Twitter? I see a headline from CNBC, Twitter may soon get formal bid. Suitors said to be including Salesforce and Google. Twitter shares were up about 20% today. Um, seems like we should talk about this. I, I think we can postpone Twilio. And Twitter, it's close enough name to Twilio, I think we can get away with it for this week. Some people might not even notice. Probably not. <laughs> they're just like, oh, they're, they're talking about TWI companies today. Perfect. One, one of those tech companies. <laughs> yep. So, uh, today's tech show, we're going to talk about some of the speculation around Twitter, how shareholders might be feeling about it, and why one of the rumored acquirers has us scratching our heads a little bit. Yep. Um, so, a couple details that I've seen so far. According to sources, the company has received some interest from several tech firms. Um, according to CNBC, potential suitors include Google or Salesforce. I've seen from TechCrunch that Verizon and Microsoft might also be in the mix. Um, Twitter's board of directors is said to be very interested in reaching a deal. No sale imminent, but mm-hmm. they seem to be on board. Um, no assurance of a deal at all. But uh, from reports I've seen, we could see selling before the end of 2016. Uh, from what I understand, a lot of the interested companies seem to be drawn in by a lot of the data Twitter is generating, more so than their standing as a media company, which is kind of interesting. Um, shares are up 20% today. David, let's talk about this a little bit. Um, from the perspective of Twitter shareholders, how are you feeling about this? I don't know. I, I am a Twitter shareholder, definitely. Disenfranchised over the past couple of years, as as a lot of people are, Twitter has been a disappointing performer. It's still priced below where it was when it went public. This is a company that's had a lot of struggles. So sales have been decelerating at Twitter since the second quarter of 2014. So about two years now, every quarter sales have decelerated. In the most recent quarter, sales were up 20 percent. For the up, upcoming quarter, they're guiding for sales growth between three and a half and seven percent. Even with Co-founder Jack Dorsey returning as CEO last October, things just are. Twitter's having a hard time really figuring out its vision and grasping a market in a profitable way. The company's still struggling to generate a profit. When you have uh, sales decelerating and such extravagant stock-based compensation, as we've talked about in a previous episode, it's kind of a perfect storm of (laughs) trends going against Twitter right now as a business. The company has been trying to reinvigorate growth primarily by focusing on live streaming video on its platform. So last week we had the first live stream of an NFL game. Did you check that out? I, I didn't. Did you? Yeah, it was actually it was pretty cool. It was a nice little interface. I've seen from some people that it was easier to navigate that than some of their own cable packages. Yeah, which I, is a testament to kind of how well they've streamlined that for the user experience. Yeah, I've heard good things about it, and they're basically releasing a Twitter live streaming video app on different platforms. So even if you're not a Twitter user with an account, you can still 
watch um, these events live, and they did some live stuff with the Olympics as well. They're planning to live stream the presidential and vice presidential debates here in the U.S. coming up. Um, but even that, that first launch of the NFL game last week, um, on average, there were 243,000 viewers watching the game on Twitter. But that compares to 15.4 million who watched on CBS or the NFL Network. So that's a good start, but it's not really clear if that's exactly going to to spur growth uh, quickly at, at the rate that Twitter needs. So it's Especially because those people are watching for free. They, right. they don't need a cable package. They don't need a TV. And you know, they, they, it's very easy for them just to tune in and watch the game if it's something they want to do. Yeah, and and, and that that's certainly to to be expected. This is still online video is really still the wild west right now. A, a lot of companies are trying to figure this out. You have Facebook uh, really ramping up their live video efforts. YouTube is doing a lot in that space. Twitter is trying to grab a piece of that. So there, there's a lot of competition. Uh, the the boundaries are still being defined in in the market. So Twitter obviously has a powerful platform. Its user base has pretty much stalled out at about 315 monthly active users. Still a powerful platform, but from a business perspective, the company has really had a hard time um, getting a whole lot of grasp. So I, I think the fact that the board, board at Twitter is interested in acquisition at this point when the stock price is relatively depressed and even below the IPO price, the fact that the board is interested in selling the company around these levels makes me wonder if they're not totally optimistic about Twitter as an independent company going forward. Yeah, and I think for shareholders, you kind of have two different groups, right? You have people that maybe got in shortly after the IPO or, you know, about a year ago or something like that, um, and bought in when it was a much more highly valued company. And then you have people that bought in maybe in the last four months uh, at much lower levels and were hoping for that turnaround story or saw that they were relatively cheap compared to where they'd been in the past, and maybe they'd be a buyout candidate. And so, uh, I think those two groups feel very differently about this proposal. Um, you know, I mean, we saw a 20% spike today. Uh, there's probably some more upside there. Uh, mm-hmm. If an actual deal comes in, I'm guessing there'd be a premium on top of that. But um, I know Jason Moser, for example, <laughs> wasn't particularly psyched about this deal, because nope. in his mind, um, they're just kind of starting to figure out their focus, looking at live streaming and being more of a media company. and a lot of the decisions they've made, moves they've made, have centered around that idea, and he kind of wanted to see them have a little bit more runway and see how it materializes in the coming quarters and and kind of have the public opinion wait until then. Right. Um, and to, to give some perspective, on the market cap today, after this 20% or so run-up, is about $16 billion. LinkedIn, recently acquired by Microsoft, assuming everything goes through, for a little over $26 billion. I didn't know if Twitter would you know, go for a higher price tag than LinkedIn. Um, but either way, yeah, I think potentially you could see Twitter sell for maybe up to $30 billion. I'd be surprised. I would be concerned if a company paid more than that. I think they would be overpaying. Um, but that just gives some some context for, for what we're looking at right now. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think uh, a lot of people that bought recently are pretty psyched to see, to see you know, a nice it's little 20% pop. Great for them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, um, you know, in some ways, it's kind of a proof of there's something here. We just, don't know what to do with it. You know, they have the user base and they have some platform, but um, there, there's value that other companies are recognizing in that, which is mm-hmm. validating to a certain extent. But if your cost basis is well above where they currently are, um, you might uh, only enjoy that so much. Not a rosy scenario. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I think a couple important things to keep in mind here. There's no deal yet. We don't have any details on a deal. No terms. Nothing like that to even speculate on. Like I said, um, this 20% spike. 
is kind of an arbitrary bump. You know, we don't that, that that's the market reacting to positive news and the idea that there could be a buyout. Um, what that actual buyout might look like remains to be seen. Like we said, the premium would probably be much higher than that, but um, don't anchor to that and don't think that that twenty percent is gained value at this moment necessarily. You know, they they, they still need to kind of prove that out. Yep. Um, looking at some of the rumored acquirers. On my end, it's not really shocking to see Google's name thrown into the mix here. Mm-hmm. You know, you see, um, pretty much any time there's been rumors about Twitter being acquired, Google Google's gotten lumped in there. Um, they integrate tweets into search results, so clearly they see some value in what the platform provides in terms of live content. Google has over 12 billion in cash at their disposal. They have, I think, 77 billion if you include their short-term investments. So a lot to work with. They're doing okay, and. In- They've produced about twenty billion dollars in free cash flow over the past year, so Google has no shortage of cash. And yeah, from Google's perspective or Alphabet's perspective, I think Twitter could be attractive just because they still have a sizable platform of relatively engaged users. Online advertising is obviously Google's bread and butter. They might be able to transfer some of their learnings and expertise to Twitter and just kind of fine tune the strategy there. If the if the if if Twitter's move into live video streaming uh, grabs hold, that could really complement what Google's doing with YouTube and competing against Facebook Live for this emerging market of online video. So there are a fair amount of parallels where it could make sense for Google. At the same, even though that like at the same time, I still worry that just because Google has that mountain of cash, you don't want to overpay for an acquisition, as as we've seen with Microsoft. Uh, with Microsoft's reign under Steve Ballmer, you know, just because you have a lot of cash and spend it acquiring a lot of companies doesn't mean it's going to work out well for shareholders. So you want to be sure that just because Google or some of these other companies have a lot of cash, it's still very important that they're getting a good value uh, for the cash that they spend on acquisitions. And just kind of looking at what they've done as a company in the last year or so, um, you know, particularly since Ruth Porat has hopped on. You know the share repurchases is one of the one of the other ways they can use that cash, and they've yep. blown through I think almost all of that authorization now. So um, you know, it'd be interesting to see what happens with that. But that's another use for that cash that, as a shareholder, I wouldn't necessarily mind. Right, right. <laughs> um, so Google, you know, we see is kind of making sense here. Flipping it over to one that I'm a little bit more skeptical of, Salesforce. Um, <laughs> so following the rumors and you know the early reports from CNBC. Salesforce's chief digital evangelist tweeted this out. Uh, Why Twitter? One, personal learning network. Two, the best real-time, context-rich news. Three, democratize intelligence. Four, a great place to promote others. That sounds like an acquisition thesis right there. (laughs) Yeah, it does. And, you know, that is... If there are rumors about your company being interested in another company, and then you publicly tweet about how great that company is, that's like the equivalent of someone in grade school thinking you have a crush on someone, and then like liking all their pictures on Facebook. You know, like there's damning evidence. (laughs) Yeah, like okay, we clearly know you're interested. I know he kind of backed off a little bit later Mm -hmm. in the day. Um, I think he said like these are just my personal beliefs, Mm -hmm. and these there's a company that I've liked for a very long time, but. there's a lot of legitimacy, it appears, to Salesforce being in the mix. Yeah, and it's a little bit surprising to me as well because Salesforce um, also was trying to outbid Microsoft's bid for LinkedIn. So Salesforce was willing to pay more than $26 billion for LinkedIn. Which, and that 26 was a number that a lot of people kind of took 
a double take at. That was right. a, that was a hefty premium that they paid for LinkedIn. Yeah, and Salesforce is a, about a fifty billion dollar company. They have about one point one billion dollars in cash, two and a half billion dollars in debt. So they have a net debt position on their balance sheet of one point three billion dollars. They are not flush with cash to make a, a twenty five or thirty billion dollar acquisition. In the case of LinkedIn. Or, uh, or or Twitter. So I kind of wonder, are they just trying to grow for the sake of growing? Like uh, this is a company that's still doing very well in in the space of um, cloud services for the enterprise, and they're still growing organically in a lot of cases, well above twenty five percent every quarter. So it makes me wonder where where management's head is at here, what their strategy is, because if they're tr- just trying to make a big acquisition for reasons to me that seem like just a little bit arbitrary like it's hard for me to see a direct connection between Salesforce and Twitter how they integrate it into their services to the, to the point where you can justify such a massive acquisition so i don't know it, it makes me definitely do a double take on, on Salesforce and how confident I, confident i am in that business as an investment yeah you look at them over the last 6 quarters um, top line growth of 20% each quarter uh, going back to Q1 of 2015, 23% year-over-year growth. Uh, most recent quarter, they're at 25% year-over-year growth. So that growth is not decelerating. Um, if anything, it's kind of bumped up a little bit. And you know, they've just seemed to kind of flip on that switch of consistent profitability. Yeah. Uh, so it is interesting. Uh, and they last year they upped 2017 full-year guidance. So they have a business that's kind of humming along. I mean, everything seems to be kind of going well for them. I saw a quote, I believe it was from uh, Mark Benioff, uh, the CEO, and he told Recode, it's the season of M&A. Like, he, he is very caught up in this idea of, of making an acquisition, it seems. Um, with LinkedIn, I think it made a little bit more sense. They were interested in some of the recruiting side products. More of the enterprise stuff that ties right into what Salesforce is doing. With yeah. Twitter, it, it's kind of tougher to see, and it's just kind of a head-scratcher. Yeah, it is. and. I, it also puzzles me a bit because Mark Benioff, who's the founder and chairman and CEO of Salesforce, he's been very public and upfront saying that his goal is for Salesforce to be the first cloud company to hit $10 billion in annual revenue. Right now, they're at about $7.5 billion. They have a lot of deferred revenue on their balance sheet that's piling up. So, this isn't a company that's lacking for growth opportunities right now. So, it makes me wonder do you really want to justify your financial position to acquire a LinkedIn or a Twitter, which are certainly powerful platforms, but from a business perspective, both of those, both LinkedIn and Twitter, were kind of struggling to generate consistent profitability. And I think that there were some questions about the future vision in both of those cases. So, Salesforce to me doesn't seem like a company that would really benefit from taking on. A, a Twitter or a LinkedIn, something that's just a little bit too far outside their core competency, I think. Uh, so, so I don't know. It, like I said, the fact that they are so interested in making such a huge acquisition for reasons that they haven't really spelled out very effectively, in my mind, it makes me wonder if management might be reaching a little bit uh, to, to grow. So, something to watch, but I'm definitely a little bit more cautious with Salesforce after uh, uh, all, all these talks about Twitter and LinkedIn. Yeah, it does seem like it have the, has the possibility for it to be a little bit more of a distraction than an ad. And you know, you you hear these horror stories about companies making big splashy acquisitions and then having to write down a ton of the value of that acquisition, whether it be a year later, two years later, something like that. Um, you hate to see a company kind of setting itself up for that. You know, maybe they'll come out and say this is exactly what we have planned, and we'll all have that aha moment. But 
right now, it seems like it's kind of a head scratcher. Yeah, I, I think management needs to be very clear, um, explaining to shareholders what they see with Twitter if they are serious about going after it, and it. It wouldn't be surprising if they are, since they were so serious about going after LinkedIn. So they just really have to spell out what what they see, what the strategy is, how they're not going to lose money doing this and hurt shareholders in the process. They have had a partnership with Twitter since 20, 2012. So one, Salesforce basically has all these different cloud products. One of them is an analytics cloud, and uh, since 2012, they've taken the social media data from Twitter and fed it into their analytics. Uh, systems or their cloud service. And that basically gives Salesforce's customers insights into how their customers are talking about their uh, products and brands. So there is a tie in there. I don't know if that's enough to justify taking on Twitter, especially when Twitter is having enough problems on their own as an independent company. I just don't know if Salesforce has the resources um, and the focus to bring on a company that's struggling on its own that's about that would probably be about half the size of Salesforce is today, and manage its organic growth effectively while kind of turning around Twitter. So that, that's where I have some questions about where where they see the value in this for shareholders. Yeah. So I think the TLDR, the the the, the short of it for people that might not be up on TechSpeak, um, Salesforce shareholders possibly time to be a little bit skeptical and keep an eye on what the company's doing. I think Twitter shareholders, this is obviously something that's super relevant to you guys. Um, I think a lot of people probably want to see this play out and let the business run for another couple quarters. Remains to be seen if that will happen, but um, you can be sure that we are going to continue to follow this story and uh, we'll update you guys with kind of what the team's thinking and um, just generally how to feel about it as it develops. Yeah, I think if you're a Twitter shareholder, you at least want to see how this move, this bigger move into live streaming video pans out before the company sells itself. It just, to me, I, I, I'm frustrated as a Twitter shareholder if, if they do sell the company by the end of the year before seeing how this stuff pans out with the NFL, the presidential debates, as the company's making this stronger push into uh, live streaming uh, video. Because you have to remember that these new platforms, they won't immediately be as profitable as traditional TV or cable TV. It'll take time for the, the viewers for uh, online video to, to reach the level that we see with cable TV or um, traditional TV, but it will happen eventually. And once, uh, once that happens, then it, the platform will become more profitable. But we're, we're still just at such an early stage with online video. And I think Twitter, that they really see, they're, they're banking on online video to an extent to turn the company around and kind of refocus the company. So if I'm a shareholder, I at least want to see how that pans out before selling the company. So I don't know. That that's kind of how I'm looking at it right now, but we'll we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, as more details come up, I'll be sure to have you back on the show to talk about it, David. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, listeners, that does it for this episode of Industry Focus. If you have any questions or you just want to reach out and say hey, you can shoot us an email at industryfocus at pool.com or you can always tweet us at MF Industry Focus. If you're looking for more of our stuff, you can subscribe on iTunes or check out the Fool's family of shows at pool.com slash podcasts. As always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. For David Kretzman, I'm Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening, and Fool on!